0: If this is something that you are really passionate about and interested in, don't give up. Welcome to Working Women Mentor, a podcast that empowers everyday women like you, like me, to share and learn from life's mentor moments. I am your host, Rainey Alfers, and in each episode, you will meet inspiring women that understand the power of recognizing mentor moments and how those moments can change it all. These fabulous women are here and ready to share it all with you. So let's dive in. Hey, everyone. It's Rainey Alpers with Working Women Mentor, and I'm so excited about today's episode. It's with Allie Nichols. She's the co-founder of Getaway, which is a visionary concept in real estate investing. Any of us can learn how to do it a different way. Invest in real estate with less down than you think. So I won't give it away because you've got to hear it from her own words. Allie is incredibly genuine and persistent in what she does and is pursuing. She started with Uber. She has this tremendous tech background and she's taken everything she's learned and is applying it to her company that's so inspirational because we all are learning things throughout our careers in our businesses or in our professions. And what she takes from her roles is something she is in pursuit of so strongly with her business. And her mentor moments today are inspiring. She takes every day as it comes. And we're going to jump in and meet Allie Nichols in her own words. Allie Nichols, thank you so much for joining us on Working Women Mentor. We're very excited to talk about your disruptive business model and everything that you are working on today. So how are you? I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, we are too. So let's get started because we've got a lot to unpack today. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your journey, who you are. I know you've come from a corporate background with Uber, IBM Consulting, and here you are in a brand new company that you've co-founded. And so share a bit about you and bring us up to speed. So quick background about my career. As you mentioned, I started my career consulting at IBM, so one of the biggest companies in the country. And quickly realized that I wanted to be more entrepreneurial and get into something newer and in the startup space. And at the time, Uber had just kind of started to become more well-known. People were like, oh, what's this thing where you can press a button and get a ride? And that big yellow car doesn't show up, right? Like a yellow taxi yeah, is like coming exactly. to pick you up. I just thought that that was the coolest thing that's like ever existed. um, And so decided I was going to do anything it took to get a job at Uber in San Francisco. And I remember I applied to like over 60 different roles at the company, just rejection after rejection after rejection, but finally convinced one team to hire me. And it was amazing. It was really my first taste of seeing what kind of the technology industry looks like from the inside or new age technology, I should say, because IBM would like to say there. That's that. nice. And more than anything, the culture of a fast paced, fast growing startups and the types of people it really brings in because I, I really had a chance to work with some of the most amazing colleagues that were so motivated and driven and excited to be there and what they were working on. And that was really refreshing. And I was like, oh, this this is like the type of culture I always want to be around. And so after my time at Uber, I knew I really wanted to go smaller. So I joined a seed stage real estate startup and had the opportunity to really build out or lead almost every single business function in my almost five years there. Took them from a seed stage to a Series C. And it was just my crash course. I call it my MBA. And finally built the confidence and To be able to say, like, you know what, I'm ready to try something on my own. And so last year, my co-founder and I fundraised for a company, Getaway, really focused on how can we create more and more real estate investors in the world? Because both of us feel so strongly that as an individual, real estate is one of the best asset classes that we should all be invested in, especially as you think about it over a lifetime. So that's what we're doing now. I'm envisioning just so many things here because from even the role at Uber, I imagine that was incredibly exciting to see that unfold. And it brought such a change to what we do today. And so it's nice that you're using that same excitement and that same energy. Like you found your zone. You're like, I want to stay where things feel like this. What are we doing today to make this happen? So I absolutely love that journey. I know that when we think about investing, you said, I'd love to have more investors out there in the world. What are some of the traditional ways that people think about real estate investing, Allie? Because we all look at it a little bit differently. We don't even know anything about your model yet, and we're going to talk about that. (laughs) But what are people thinking? Like, hold and sell it, or what am I doing? Oh, gosh, there's so many different ways to approach this space today. I would say the majority of real estate investors in the U.S. at least got into it because they bought their primary home. They lived in it for a bit. Then they ended up moving cities or moving neighborhoods and ended up keeping that first property and becoming an, I call it an accidental landlord. Um, And then all of a sudden it's, I have a new house. Now I'm renting my old one. But there are so many ways to take advantage of real estate investing. And I think Even in today's market, you know, we've seen the cost of real estate, residential real estate, like skyrocket over the last couple of years. If you're someone that's looking at like, hey, you know, I always thought I wanted to buy my first home to live in, but that doesn't make sense now because the cost of ownership is actually now more expensive than the cost of renting. There are ways to buy real estate that is not your primary. Like going out and buying a little rental, a little multifamily unit or building that then produces cash flow monthly that can help pay your rent. Like there is just, there's some really creative ways to enter the space and start building equity and building like a passive, I'll put passive in quotation, passive income stream, because nothing's yeah, passive. Yeah, everything requires oh, a little bit today. of effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just a great, it's a great asset class to explore, especially for all the women listeners out there. I think sometimes we shy away from real estate it seems to be like a predominantly male-dominated space. There is a ton of opportunity. This is an awesome space. We should all explore it. Thank you for that encouragement. Someone listening might need that. And so when I'm thinking about these different ways, these house hacks, these realist, the accidental landlord, I'm even thinking about the accidental homeowner who realizes, oh, wow, I bought that a year ago and that's already worth X. Can I keep doing that? I mean, we've all watched TV shows, Joanna Gaines, HGTV. We think about flipping. We think about how do I build this empire? So you're helping people do that. Break down what your strategy is for Getaway because it's very unique. It's something that is really brand new. So at the highest level, we like to say we're kind of a co-investor in a box. And so we help our customers find, finance and manage rental properties where they can put as little as 5% down and into the deal. That is something that does not exist beyond us in the investment real estate space for the individual. So we're really excited that we're able to bring something new to the market and help more and more people either buy their first investment property or scale a portfolio that they already have. And so what does that co-investor in a box actually like even mean? We would partner, let's say you were like, okay, I'm ready to go out and buy my first investment property or my third or my 13th. We'd be like, okay, great. We help work with you and understand what your buy box is. So what's your criteria, budget, location, types of properties, and so forth. And then we've actually, our team has built a bunch of technology that actually sources and underwrites opportunities on the market. Pretty automatically, I would say, and efficiently, we can identify opportunities that fit what you're looking for and take the guesswork out of searching listing after listing and plugging it into your calculator Excel model. We handle all of that and have tech to do that faster. And then from there, we actually will come in and invest in the down payment portion of a deal alongside of you. So that brings more capital to the table, allowing you to scale faster. And then we stay on and help manage the property until you're at a place that you're ready to buy us out. And usually that's on a five-year kind of relationship time horizon. Okay. So I don't have to come to you with a listing that I found, but my neighbor's house that I think I want to rent out because it's perfect. So that's not what this model is. This is really identifying end goals. What's your exit strategy? What's your return rate you're looking for? What kind of appetite do you have? We'll figure everything else out. We just need the money piece. And so you're managing it. You're co-investing in it. What if I don't want to leave in five years? Or What if I don't want to <laughs> buy you out in five years? I'm like, I really like this relationship. Well, <laughs> you'll definitely probably want to buy us okay. out because the capital that we put into the deal has a cost. And so it's in your benefit at a certain point to buy us out and then own all of the cash flow yourself like that's like totally in your benefit so a lot of our customers what they do is they'll end up doing like a refinancing event where they're actually using the equity in the home to buy out our portion and then so it's no additional money out of your pocket so it's like all of a sudden now you own this home 100 percent you'd only put five percent down up front That's an incredible return on your investment. An incredible. Yeah. So that's really what we're targeting. Now, I have to put the caveat that we don't have a crystal ball. And so we can't promise that everything always goes up and to the right. But in those instances, like you were saying, what if we want to stay longer? In an instance where maybe the market's soft or something happens like a COVID event, we've built in protections for customers where they can extend up to eight years to get out of potentially like a down cycle. To me, and we're not giving investment advice right now. We're not doing any of that. What we are, so we'll be really clear there. But what we are saying is that there's no better partner to invest with than someone who has their skin in the game as well. And that's, I think, the beauty of what you're doing. You're saying, hey, we've selected some things that we think would be great and we're putting money in this thing too. I I think that speaks volumes. I have to also ask, ideal investor, if if someone's listening right now, they're like, okay, Allie, I'm calling you. I've always been thinking about real estate. Are we looking for minimum assets or you know, estimated amount to put down in terms of what type of investor are you looking for? Yeah, that's a great question. When it comes to real estate investing, especially in the investment property world, So much of it comes down to credit score still in this world, because, you know, we go out and we work with lenders to secure anywhere from, call it 70 to 80% of the property price. And so the lenders are really looking at credit score and things like that to determine rates and how much they're willing to lend and, and things like that. So we kind of mirror what they're doing so that we don't run into issues down the road. So with that, I would say credit score, we're really targeting folks that or have a 700 or above right now. We hope to open that up more down the road, but just in today's world that's where we're at. And then in terms of liquidity and getting started, the thing that a lot of folks forget about when it comes to real estate, it's like not just the down payment. There's the down payment. There's closing costs. There's the escrow for taxes and insurance. Like things add up pretty quickly. I often advise that minimum you're probably wanting to put in like around $25,000 towards an investment like this. And that's even partnering with us with a lower down payment. So that's where if you set aside $25,000 or more, that's really where you could start thinking about entering into buying a unit Fantastic. And Allie, are you seeing people, what, what sounds interesting about this is that I'm thinking, so I'm in Texas, but if I'm coming to you and this is really about a return, I'm fine with buying in Chicago or buying somewhere else because you guys have set up a management system as well. And, and you're, are you yes. finding that investors are buying in different parts of the country now, more so because this makes it a lot easier? hundred percent. hundred percent. Oftentimes, we're working with clients that live in very expensive places like New York City, Los Angeles. And the idea of buying rental property in those markets just doesn't even make sense. And so they're looking at markets more in the Midwest or the Southeast where the price entry price is much lower than like a Los Angeles, but the rents still can justify the cost. So we, I would say over 90% of customers we work with are buying out of state. Interesting. 90%. Wow. And that's so nice because if I'm going to buy in, you know, Midwest, I wouldn't know where to start. I'd find a real estate agent in that area and I'd hope to God they know what they're doing and can guide me. So this is an incredible model. And I like that you've come from different areas. So with your background, you have operations, you've got tech, you've got everything that you've learned from sales and real estate, even that you're rolling into this new company. So How do you think that these experiences have really shaped Getaway and really are helping you mold it into something that's growing in these early stages? Oh, it's such a good question. I think that every experience I've had to date, to your point, has like very much helped us figure out how to build a product, where to go. A lot of my previous role, I worked at a real estate startup called Bungalow we had shifted into becoming a buyer of single family rentals. And so I have to credit a lot of my knowledge on the real estate side to that experience and really gave me an eye-opening experience of how does institutions go out and do this at scale and being able to take that model. And then apply it to the consumer and help average people like ourselves go do this. That's one of the biggest unlocks, I think, for us here at Getaway. So really have to credit that time at this previous role. I think it's interesting when we run into something professionally or even personally, how when we draw on those previous experiences, if they were good or bad or ugly, (laughs) we learn something. And, you know, we, we've seen something similar being done. So we're like, hey, I can maybe take something like that and apply it to this situation. And it's that continued growth that's so powerful, bringing that to anything that we're doing, I think. And so what have been some of your biggest challenges with getting things on the ground, getting the word out? How has that been for you? Because <laughs> I'm sure it's that easy. Everyone's like, oh, she's got a startup. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I haven't slept in a year. Yeah, exactly. No, it's so funny you bring that up. I was just having a conversation the other day, and it's like starting a company has been a little bit glamorized over the last five years or 10 years, um, where people are like, oh, that's like, wow, you're doing it. I'm like, this stinks most days. (laughs) It's like, it's really hard. And there is nothing nothing glamorous about starting your own company there's no one else to do anything like when you're working at you know corporation you can kind of work your way up the ladder and then all of a sudden you're you know in a leadership role where you get to make decisions you're not doing a lot of the work and they pay you constantly too right that's the other benefit you don't have to worry about keeping the lights on yeah Or paying your own employees and people depending on you to make payroll and things like that. So, yes, it's not glamorous at all. I'm wondering about the challenges because there's people listening who's probably just like, hey, I'd love to do this. What have you run into that just stands out? Oh, the biggest one, and this goes for anyone that's starting a consumer business because businesses range the gamut. But getaway, we're working with consumers versus other businesses. And one of the things I've learned very quickly is around doing your user research or customer research and really understanding, trying to solve somebody's problem and pain point versus building a really cool product and hoping they buy it. And I think oftentimes founders, especially in the tech world, they'll like build a cool product that they're so excited about because everybody's told them, oh, that's a really good idea. And then it won't sell. Nobody will buy. And everybody's like, oh, that's still a really cool idea. Yeah. What's it do for me? Exactly doesn't solve a problem to get to a point where it's worthy enough to pull out your wallet and actually pay for it. And so that's been one of our biggest lessons is really working at what is the problem we're solving for our customer and how do we become so valuable that they're going to stay with us. And so getting really tight around that because it's easy to fall in love with cool ideas versus really understand what are we solving? So you've created your filter. So everything probably that you guys are working on, you're running it through that litmus test of, does this solve a problem for our customer? Will they love this? Does this make their life easier? Does this make sense for everyone? 100%. So if you are fundraising, you're also trying to find funds too, to make sure that that. contribution to the down payment is there. You need money. And so the fundraising piece of that, that must have been completely new to you. Are you comfortable in this space now? Has this been easy to go out and find investors from that level? You know, it's funny. I think with anything in life, it's just repetition. For us, we have to fundraise on two sides of the coin. We fundraise for equity in, in our operating company. And then we also are fundraising for debt to be able to do our business model and new experiences for me on both sides of the coin. And so I think the biggest thing is just having confidence in believing what you're building, knowing that you know your business better than anyone else. You have confidence in that your customers love the product you're bringing to the table. And then also something that's been hard for me, but I've learned is being able to, to say, I don't know, let me come back to you. In moments, especially for me on the, the finance side, sometimes I'm like, "What is I have no idea. So having the confidence to be like, oh, you know what? I need to follow up on that has been huge versus just saying something and catching yourself in a hole. So those are some of the pieces that it comes down to the reps and then having confidence going into the conversation. Yeah. I, and I think that's a great advice, by the way. It'd be comfortable enough to say, I'll get back to you. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. It just means that you need to get a little bit more information, make some more educated answers or choices or decisions. I think it's a great reminder. I'm curious about the mentorship piece as you shifted from working for a company to starting your own. How has that been for you in terms of when you started early in your career and mentorship, your views on it to the present day? It's interesting because I've never been one that's, you know been like, oh, I need to go out and get a mentor. That like idea hasn't resonated with me, but I've realized now as I look around that I have so many folks that play that role in, in different ways. And I've been really fortunate enough to collect a group of people I really respect and trust around me that they be a sounding board, help solve a problem around very specific areas of expertise too, which is great. And I think sometimes it just happens naturally in that sense, but I've also always found it as it, If you're not going and asking for mentorship, but going and saying, I really respect your thoughts and your experience. Here's a problem I'm working on. Here's how I'm thinking about it. I'd love to get your feedback. And most people love to help, especially if you come with a constructive prompt and come prepared and prepare them. You'll very rarely get somebody who turns you away. Ellie, I say that all the time. I'm like, people genuinely... I really, tr- I'm so glad you said that because it's like, I genuinely believe they like to help, but they just don't know how sometimes. If you're asking for something and you just gave a tip, be prepared, be courteous, be thoughtful, but you're taking their time. I, I truly think that is the case. They will help you. And it- it's why I like the term, my my little coined mentor moments because they come in small pieces. It's not this formal mentorship relationship all the time. I can think of roles that I've had in my life, but I think that these moments are more important sometimes to us as we're passing through. What do you think would be your mentor moment that you'd share with everyone today, Allie? Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm meeting with him this afternoon. I have a mentor who I got to know in my previous role. I you know, continued the relationship as I started my own company. He works in the space in the broader industry, so has a ton of experience and knowledge at a much larger company that he's skilled. He gave me some pretty tough feedback a couple of weeks ago. And it was like, I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a gift. Like this person took time out of their day to actually give me really constructive Feedback. Yeah, sometimes it sucks to hear because you're like, oh shoot, I'm not doing that great. But now I'm like able to evaluate it and come up with a plan on how to be better. And that's how you grow exponentially. And so that was completely unprompted from someone who didn't need to spend their time doing that. There was no expectation at all, but I appreciate it so much and and view it as such a gift. So if anybody is in conversations with folks and feel like they are in that kind of mentorship position. Just sending a quick email with like feedback could mean the world to them. And that's great advice. I love that moment because it's something that, you know, you needed at the time, but didn't even recognize. Like you you didn't recognize it, but they are thoughtful enough and care enough and they saw it and to share. And listen, there's a lot of times that I think sometimes we're afraid to tell our colleagues or peers or anyone around us what we truly think about something <laughs> Because we haven't, we don't want to put anyone down or we don't want to rain on a parade, but there are certain ways, you know, to, to approach these things. And you received it so genuinely and so helpfully and kudos to you too, because a lot of people can't, it's hard for them to receive it. You owe yourself a little pat on the back as well. (laughs) It's lots of years of practice and some coaching too. Yeah, coaching coaching is exactly growth. Maybe there's all the rejection from the applying for Uber for, for so long that you got used to. like, you're good. Totally. You grow thicker skin. Yeah, not, yeah, you really do. Well, you yeah. have to have thick skin with what you do. So let's talk a little bit about networking, because like you said, I have a great group around me. What does that group look like for you? Because maintaining these relationships gets harder and harder as we get older and yep. busier. What advice would you give on that? Like, how do you do it? Um, So I feel like in some ways I'm very fortunate because our company is part of the tech VC-backed community and there is a lot of networking opportunities in that space just naturally. But the one thing that I've gotten better at in the last couple of years and and has really paid off in spades is the follow through. So you go to this networking event, you meet all these people, there's small talk, you might make a connection, There that one person could maybe add a ton of value because they have great experience, like in your space. Oftentimes in the past, I'd be like, great, that was a great event. It was so nice to meet everybody. But I wouldn't do anything. I was like, oh, I networked. I went and said, hello. I met people. I networked. Good." It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, no, you didn't. You talked too long and you had a cocktail and I good for you. Yeah, exactly. So taking those business cards, taking those LinkedIn and actually following up and setting up either a coffee get together, a Zoom meeting. Just even emailing back and forth, take the initiative and take the next step. That's the networking, not just showing up at the event, holding the cocktail and saying hello. Like it really does take the follow up and follow through. And if you're willing to do that follow up and follow through, it will pay off. One person might not respond, but the two other people will. And then those two people will introduce you to two more people. And so you got to just keep following up and following Mm -hmm. through. It's the first stage and the second stage. And without that follow up, it's so funny. I, I remember very early in my career starting to network. And I had to be really careful because I love talking to people, right? And I had to be so intentional. I was writing their things down on the back of the business card or making notes on my phone or with everyone because you meet so many people. And I I think also like figuring out who you want to connect with the next day, right? You met 20 people, but which ones do you feel you align with? And reaching out and filtering through that I think is so helpful. And one piece on that too that I would add is how can you add value to the other person? Because that's the other thing is you don't want to be in a world where you're always trying to take. There has to be reciprocity in the relationship. So thinking about Where can I add value? What introduction can I make for you? What can I do to help you get to wherever you're trying to go? That's right. Yeah. It's a wonderful reminder. As you are making connections and meeting people and growing your network, how do you feel that you guys, you as a co-founder, have done within your own company? To foster those relationships, maybe amongst women, maybe promoting mentorship, promoting that community and collaboration feel. What does that look like inside of Getaway? Yeah. So we are a super small, but mighty team. That's right. There are six of us. Yes. But we love it. And actually, it's fun. 50% our women. So we're like have great representation across the board. Three and three. (laughs) Quality too, right? You got Um, it covered on both sides. Yeah, totally. So really proud of that. But with even within our team, we are going out and trying to make relationships, whether that's me, my co-founder, our head of finance, like we're always trying to build Getaway's brand and almost network Getaway, not just us as the individual. And so actively going to specific events, conferences, things like that, that we can really get our brand out there and in front of the broader community and and folks, especially when it comes to fundraising so important on both sides. And you're giving them the space to do that, right? It's the time and the opportunity to get out and promote that. That's where you all probably start getting a little closer and a little closer when you're the six of you are going after this common piece. Yeah. yeah, that's so fun. I think the community feel of that is is what's really special. I know that when you are in these roles and you've got the fundraising, you still have to run the business, you've got the tech piece, you've got the growth, you've got the consumer level, you've got all the different roles within the company. How do you balance that with the role of your personal life? For sure. So it's an ongoing conversation with my partner <laughs> because it is very difficult. One thing that we have tried to commit to, and we have pure chaos in our household because he has is starting a early stage startup as well so there's no stability (laughs) oh well okay (laughs) but we commit on a daily basis uh what time are we doing dinner and what is our kind of one to two hour period in the evening that we spend together and that time is laptops down phones down like we're actually Mm -hmm. present with each other whether that's cooking dinner and enjoying it going out on a date night um and so We're very, very thoughtful in terms of doing it. And then there's some days where we can't do it because we do have an event or networking event we have to go to or someone has to stay late at the office. But really trying to communicate that as early and often as possible and then committing to those kind of like sacred times, because if you don't do that, you'll always be working. Like there's not enough time in the day, in the year to get everything done. Right. So Yeah. But it sounds like you both, since you're in the same industries, you understand that so equally. You're not having even the imbalance of like, well, I didn't, is that what it's like on your side? You no, know, I can't understand it. You both understand it. So... Um, And we're very fortunate. Yeah, I I think so. It's like the intentional time carving it out is so, so important and and healthy for us. I want to pick your brain a little bit because you are in an industry that really is it's more of a real estate tech is how I'm understanding it. Is there any advice you'd give to women who are thinking of going in that industry whether it's through starting their own company or working for someone like you? What is it like for them? If this is something that you are really passionate about and interested in, don't give up. I kind of go back to my time wanting to work at Uber. That was the only company I wanted to work for. I didn't give up when I got tons of rejection. First and foremost, if you set your mind on something, it is achievable. It's just now figuring out what is the strategy to get me there. And so... With that, I would definitely try and start networking with the folks in the space. And it's okay to just reach out. And then from there, trying to get just an understanding of where could my skill set nicely fit. There are so many opportunities for all different types of backgrounds and skill sets to come in and and work at a company like mine or many other that we call prop tech companies in the space. So definitely lean into finding folks within those companies and start trying to get on the radar because that will be the easiest path to getting it. It's great advice. That's great advice. What do you think has been your biggest achievement so far? What are you most proud of, Allie? My biggest career achievement has definitely been the teams that I've built. I've had the opportunity to build lots of different organizations and I see how the things that people have gone on to do because of the experience they've had working within the team that we built. And I'm so proud of everyone. It's really awesome to see. I get really excited about building amazing teams and helping everyone get to where they want to go in their career, being that stepping stone. It'll be so fun to look ahead two years from now, even a year from now, how much changes in a year. I'd get away, right? How it your team is. right now will evolve yes. from one to two to three years. And and that'll be, sounds like that'll be one of your highlights. We might have to revisit this achievement in a few years. Oh, I would love to. I <laughs> agree. So I've got one last question for you. We ask all of our guests to text a friend. We've gotten to know you, but we'd love to know what someone else would say about you and how your friends would describe you. Did you hear anything back? What are people saying about you, Ellie? So so funny this was one of my work colleagues who's also had become best friends in life. And I was like, what's one word you would use to describe me? And he said relentless, but in parentheses, but in a good way. Oh, relentless. (laughs) I can totally see that. I mean, just with everything you've described and shared with us today, and I'm sure he knows you very well. That's a good one. I would be honored if someone said that about me. So the parentheses really made it but in, in good. a good way. Yeah, you're not annoying. You don't get on an any people's nerves like you're so sweet, but you're not giving up. <laughs> I don't know if my partner or my mom would agree with that. But yeah. Oh, that's so funny. We'll <laughs> bless them next time What they think. Well, good. Well, Ali, so thank you. And you've been a wonderful guest and I know you've shared so much information today. I mean, I'm rooting you on with this startup and well, they can't you know, wait to share all your links and where people can find you. Would you recommend folks connect with you on LinkedIn or Instagram or how, how's the best way to connect with you. Yeah, for sure. LinkedIn is the best way. So if you just search Ali Nichols getaway, I will pop right up. And that I usually get back to people really like, good. Good, good, good. All right, Allie, yeah. it's been a wonderful time. Thank you so much for sharing your mentor moments and your journey with us. And we'll follow and hopefully everyone will call in and invest as well. Yeah, please check us out at getaway.com. Getaway.co. We'll do it. All right, Allie, thanks for joining us on Working Women Mentor. That was so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope you'll walk away feeling inspired and are thinking of how a mentor moment can help you or someone you know. In case you haven't hit the follow button to subscribe to this show, please do so. And if you love the episode, I'd really appreciate a review. You see, this review helps Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to is on know that other women just like you want to learn about the show and it'll help us spread the word. Let's connect on Instagram at Working Women Mentor or at Rainy You can find all episodes online at RainyAlphurs.com forward slash podcast and the ability to send an audiogram of your favorite mentor moments. And we respond to everyone. I truly can't wait to hear from you. Check back weekly for new episodes and cheers until the next episode.